Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Pastor Justin. Oh, as Pastor Justin was praying in the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus, he, he's, he's on his way to Samaria, right? Or he's going through Samaria, right? And so he's tired. He just sits at a well. He wants to rest, right? And the Lord sets up an encounter for him, right? And so he starts talking to this lady at the well, right? Well, as he goes on to minister, she goes back. You know the story. But he says something to the disciples. He says something to them. He says, look at the harvest. It's so plenteous. He has compassion. He says, I need help. That's literally what he was saying. I need help. I can't do this alone. I need laborers. I need laborers. Man, as Pastor Justin was praying, I heard the Holy Spirit say, just tell him, open your mouth. You, I'll set up the encounter. That's what the Lord told me. I will set them up, just like the lady at the well with Jesus. I will set them up. If you'll ask me, if you'll pray, if you'll say, Lord, just set up encounters for me, I'll set them up. And then all you do is just open your mouth. And he said, I will fill it. I'll fill it with my words. Because I asked Holy Spirit one time when I was out and I was evangelizing. I said, Lord, I've never met you. I never walked with you. I never saw you. He said, hey, I got, that's why I gave you the Holy Spirit. He's my witness. You just open your mouth. You just open your mouth and I, the Holy Spirit will fill it and bring words to your remembrance. And I'll do the witnessing for you. You just be my instrument. Man, it changed everything. The pressure came off me. All I did was just open my mouth and God began to fill it. And uh, Saturday, we, we went with some other churches. A bunch of churches got together with Chaplain McDuffie, and we went into the Tarrant County Prison downtown. And uh, so you've got all different people from all different churches going in there ministering in those prisons, right? And uh, I just opened my mouth, sit down and start talking to this guy. And the Holy Spirit begins to tell me and use the example of being thief, being a thief, being a thievery. How'd you like not to thieve anymore? How'd you just learn, like to learn how to give? His eyes popped up and opened up really big. He said, how'd you know that's what I was in here for? I said, I did. That's the Holy Spirit. I just opened my mouth and the words just started coming out. I didn't even know I was doing it. The Lord just pulled it out. He's after people. He's after them. So thank you. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Words from, from God himself that move heaven on earth in the name of Jesus. And as we hear the word of God tonight, Lord, just as Pastor Justin was saying, he was talking about soil, and this is going to be, that's a good introduction to what we're talking about tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we walk with you. We are that man, Father. We are that man, Lord. And in the name of Jesus, we're going to show it. We're going to show you, Jesus. We're going to be instruments for you, Jesus. We're going to have that boldness and that love, Jesus. We're going to walk in there, Jesus. You're going to be with us, Holy Spirit. We're going to be there, Lord. We're going to be there for you. you. Hey, you've got compassion on the people, so we share in your compassion. This harvest is too big. That's why you asked us to go out. So we're going to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're talking about walking with the Lord, right? Walking with the Lord. And we've heard so many wonderful messages. And I really appreciate Pastor Annette last, last Wednesday. Was that awesome or what? Just staying in love. You know, sometimes just your life itself is a witness, right? Just your life itself is a witness. And man, it sure changed the life of that one guy at that uh, ice cream place she was working at. So hallelujah. I just really enjoyed that. But tonight, I want us to go to the Song of Songs. Okay, so we're going to open up the word of God. Hallelujah. And we're going to go to the song of songs. We're going to go to the fourth chapter. Fourth chapter. And we'll start at verse 12. Hallelujah. Solomon really gets intimate in this. And uh, as the body of believers, the church, allow the Holy Spirit to get intimate with you. But we're going to go to chapter four. We're going to go to verse 12. 
And there's a dialogue that's going back and forth between Solomon and this bride of his. And uh, in verse 12, he says, this is, I want you to get a picture of this. This is how the Lord sees you. He sees you as good soil. He sees you as a good garden. He's wanting to grow something in you. You are a garden enclosed. Now, I just want you to think about that for a second. Your heart is precious to the Lord. Your heart is precious to the Lord. He sees your heart as an opening. He sees your heart as something that he can cultivate and begin to produce fruit in there, okay? He sees your heart as precious soil, okay? He calls you a spouse. A garden encloses my sister and my spouse. You're an intimate family member. See how God sees you? See how Jesus sees you as kin, as the body of Christ? You're my spouse. You're a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. You're an instrument created to grow and produce his life in the earth. That is just powerful, to produce who Jesus is. You're an instrument. You're a garden. You're shut up by the Lord. You are enclosed by the Lord. You are soil cultivated. Cultivate that soil. Cultivate that soil in your life. He is using you. He wants to use you as an instrument. You are a fountain. That's a plural word, a fountain. He wants to make streams of life come out of you, right? Streams of life, a reservoir of treasures, a reservoir of treasure. That's what your heart is. Think of that. You're a reservoir for the kingdom of heaven, a reservoir that he can use, that he can mold, that he can plant his fruit in so that it can be seen out there. Man, it's powerful. Look at verse 13. Thy plants are an orchard. Plants. That word in the Hebrew, I want you to think of a military weapon. I want you to think of of an arrow. I want you to think of an arrow being shot. I want you to think of a spear. That's the word that's being used here to describe the roots just shooting forward, just flourishing, 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 just firing forward, firing forward. That plant, your plants, you're an orchard, okay? What is an orchard? Think of an orchard. It's timeless. Oh, man, when I I was intimate with the Holy Spirit with this. Tireless, timeless, limitless fruit, an orchard. Look at all of us. Look at all of us. Look at everyone in here. We're an orchard. I want you to see that. We're an orchard of his fruit. An orchard. That's what we are. Think of it. I mean, just think of the power behind that. Oh, listen to this. An arsenal. We're an arsenal. What's an arsenal, right? Military guys, that's where you keep all your weapons, right? For storage. It's an arsenal, right? An an orchard. An arsenal. 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 A flourishing life. And then he goes on to say pomegranates. Now, he starts to describe fruits. He starts to describe types of flowering fruits. He starts to describe spices. Anyone here? We'll get to it. But anyone here ever read Galatians chapter 5? Anyone here ever read of the fruit of the Spirit? When you get born again, you get the fruit of the Spirit? Okay, just keep that in mind. Pomegranates, okay? They were on the hem of the priestly garments, right? You had the bell, then you had the pomegranates. You have the nine gifts of the Spirit, and then you have the nine fruit of the Spirit, right? Well, we're going to focus on the nine fruit of the Spirit here, and we're going to do it, and you're going to see it as we start opening this up. Pomegranates. Powerful. Pleasant. Pleasant fruits. Pleasant fruits. That word means the choicest, the best, the most excellent. When you get intimate with the Lord, when you get the Word of God in you, when you begin to cultivate your heart, when you begin to walk in the Spirit, when you begin to be led by the Spirit, He begins to cultivate His Word on the inside of you, and it becomes the choicest fruits, 
the best. I always like to use cuties as an example, right? I mean, can you imagine biting into that wonderful mandarin, that orange, and what the flavors, the flavors of those fruits? I mean, it's powerful. Choices, best, finest, okay? So that's what you are to him. Pleasant fruits, campfire. Campfire, campfire is a, hen- a henna flower. Is that how you say it? Henna? Henna flower? That was, uh, they, they found out that they actually raised these things. They, they raised gardens there at the foot of Engedi. I actually got the opportunity to go there, but there was just flowing waters that came out of there. But just beautiful flowers that were there. And so they made this thing called campfire. campfire and it was, uh, they used it for hair color. They could take it and they could grind it up. And they used it for nail polish. They used it to color hair, for hair dye and all that. Cinnamon, which is a fragrance from an inner bark. Fragrance and spices, frankincense, right? The purified incense that, that smelled so beautiful and put the smoke up in the temple, right? Myrrh, a natural gum, a resin for perfume, medicine and incense, right? And aloes, leaves, stems, roots. They were used for fragrances and spices, okay? Look at verse 13. Let's go down to verse 15. Well, actually, let's talk about the spike nard for a second. Um, in the Bible, Mary, when she came up to Jesus, she had that ointment full of that nard, that spike nard. And when she broke the seal open, that aroma just permeated the room. I want you to sit for a second and think about the Word of God on the inside of you. And when you go out there into your family, you go out there into your workplace, and you go out there knowing that you have the nine fruit of the Spirit in you, knowing you that you have the character of God on the inside of you, knowing that you're connected to the Lord. He's connected to you. Jesus said, I'm the true vine. You're the branch, right? The Father is the source, right? And when you walk into that room, that aroma goes with you. Oh, man, we called it command presence in the military. Man, when I was in the Army, right, back in 84, 85, back in 1985 to 87, General Luck, man, this dude, man, he was like Popeye, man. I mean, he had big, huge muscles on him. This dude was in his 50s getting ready to be on 60. This guy could outrun everybody, do out push-ups on anybody. When he came into the room, there was command presence. When you walk into a room, you've got that aura. You've got that incense of the Lord on the inside of you. It's there. All you got to do is turn it on, stir it up, right? A fountain, verse, chap, you know, verse 15. You are a fountain of gardens. A fountain of gardens. Mm. Wells of living water. Streams of life. Streams of life. The manifested, Pastor Justin was just praying about it, the manifested goodness of God. The manifested presence of God, right? The manifested power of God. You know, Jesus was talking in John 15 and verse 8. He said, you know, this is how the, the glory of the Father is revealed. You and Jesus and Jesus is in you. That's how the, the glory is going to be revealed. Jesus being glorified in you. It's powerful, the presence of God, the glory of God just emanating from you. In John chapter 7, verse 38, Jesus is talking. He says, he that believes on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly, out of his belly. What's on the inside of you? As a born-again man of God, as a born-again woman of God, what's on the inside of you? There's a reservoir out of your belly. Just It's, it's a garden enclosed. Just open it up. Let those streams flow out. If you, if you just do it, if you just open your mouth, if you just trust the Lord, you just say, Lord, just set it up. You just set the encounters up for me. You know, our neighbor lives across the street, and he's a, he's a police officer for a different city. I've been praying to the Lord, my wife and I, set up an encounter for us. Set up an encounter for us. Well, he needed to get his lawn mowed, and he didn't have time to do it. So we went over and we mowed his lawn for him, okay? 
Now, that opened up an encounter. Same thing with our other neighbor. Lord, open up an encounter. Open up an encounter. Next thing you know, we're talking to him. Lord, open up an encounter with the other neighbor across the street. Next thing you know, they're coming over. She came, one of the ladies came over and wanted, she said, I saw your garden. It's so beautiful. Do you got any, like, fungus spray or something? I know you guys have it. Sure enough, we did. Opens up a conversation. We invited her to church. I, 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 I don't know if she came. I got to ask her if she did. But I was praying to the Holy Spirit, just open up the encounters, Lord. I'll open my mouth. You just open up the encounter. I'll open up my mouth and start talking. You're a garden. You're a garden. You're a well. You're a well. You're a well. Now look at verse 16. Awake. Awake, north wind. Come, thou south. Blow upon my garden that the spices thereof may flow out. Oh, man, let my beloved come into his garden and eat his present fruits. That word awake. Let's turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 32. I want you to see what that word awake means. I want you to get a picture of this, of what it means. Deuteronomy. We're going to go to the 32nd chapter. Deuteronomy 32. We're going to go to verse 9. And then I'm just going to go from verse 9 down to, to 13. I want you to see how the Lord sees you, okay? I want you to see this when he tells you the word awake, what he's expecting, what he's doing, what he's seeing. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 9, for the Lord's portion is his people. Okay, now think of a garden. You're his portion. You're his garden. You're his people. You're his treasure. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Timeless, a timeless orchard, okay? Verse 10, he found them in the desert land and in a waste flowing wilderness or or howling wilderness. He led them about. He instructed them. He kept them as the apple of his eye. Now look at verse 11. Like the eagle stirs up her nest. That's that word they're using to describe here, the word arise. Like an eagle that comes and stirs up her nest. She flutters her wings over her young. She spreads abroad her wings. And she takes them, and then she bears them on her wings, okay? I want you to think of the Holy Spirit. Think about your well. Think about that source that you're connected to. Think about that flow, those streams that are coming out of you, okay? That's in there, right? And I want you to think about riding on the wings of the Holy Spirit, okay? I want you to picture that, the Holy Spirit coming like, a, like an eagle, just coming on and just wrapping around you and just starting to flow all that fruit out of you. Just flow all that word that was planted in that soil, that good soil on the inside of you. And now it starts to come out. And now you're flying like an eagle. Just powerful, isn't it? Wow, thank you, Lord. And it says, So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth so that he might eat the increase of the fields. What was Pastor Justin just praying? What was this coming out of his mouth? Abundant, abundant lifestyle, abundant harvest, right? And he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the uh, flinty rock. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I just want to thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Father. I just want to thank you for your word. I just want to thank you for the, the streams that you have on the inside of us. I just, want, I just want to thank you for the reservoir that's in us in the name of Jesus. We protect it. We guard it in the name of Jesus. We put the good seeds of the word in it. We begin to cultivate the fruit of the spirit on the inside of us, Father, so that when we walk out there, Lord, Your fragrance, your presence, your goodness, Father, your power, your presence goes out there in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, man. And they use the word blow, you know, awake north wind, wind from the south. Blow, blow, blow on my garden. Fan it, fan it, right? Fan it. Spread it out. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Spread it out. Spread out all that goodness you put on the inside of me. Use me, Lord. Use me as an instrument. Spread it out. Spread it out. Spread it out. Man, talk about walking with the Lord. It's exciting, isn't it? Now you get excited to walk with the Lord, don't you? Now you get excited to be a man of God, a woman of God. You're excited because the Holy Spirit's working with you. He's in you. He's blowing that up. Man, I tell you, it was uh, back in 2002, 2003, so it was about 16 years ago. I dedicated my life to the Lord. So I'm in here, and I'm reading this thing, Song of Solomon's, right? And I'm trying to get head and tail of that, you know? And uh, I get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I just start getting on my hands and knees and just start praying out to the Lord. Lord, blow on me. Blow on this garden, Lord. Use me, Lord. Just cultivate this garden on the inside of my heart. Just cultivate it. Man, just cultivate it, Lord. Just grow it. Grow it. Grow your character. Grow your character in me, Lord. Grow your character in me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, right? Faith. Grow it in me, Lord. Grow it in me. Grow that love on the inside of me, Lord. Just grow it on the inside of me. Man, it felt good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Turn, turn over to Numbers. Let's just turn back to Numbers. Numbers uh, chapter 24. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you for allowing me to walk with you, for putting your word on the inside of me, for trusting me, for using me as an instrument, for you being the source, Father, for allowing me to be in Jesus and Jesus in me, for allowing me to be with you, Jesus. And sit with you in the Godhead and to get to work with you to move on earth, Lord. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 24, uh, verse 2. Now, Balaam was a prophet. He was a false prophet. And his big famous thing was going around cursing everybody. I mean, he could, I mean, he listened to the devil left and right. He could find a curse. I mean, he could find a fault in you. That's what the devil does. That's what he did with the law. He stuck it up like a mirror, found a kink in your armor, used it to accuse. And um, that's what happened because there was a curse associated with it. But that's what Balaam would do. He'd go around and he would accuse. He would accuse. He would accuse. So that's what Balak wanted him to do to Israel. But something happened. And I want you to see what happens when you're a child of the Lord and you're in that garden and you've got that garden growing in you and you're, just, you're connected to that source and that well. You're at verse 2 here. It says, Balaam lifted up his eyes. He saw Israel abiding in their tents. So he's up on this mountain, and he's looking down in the valley, and he sees all those people and all those tents. I want you to see what God sees in you when you, you spend time with his word and you get that word on the inside of you. What does the Lord see? What's he see when he comes in your house? Man, I had an intimate moment with the Lord one time, and I saw Jesus walking through a garden, and he was just looking at the... It was, it was from a distance, way out in the distance, but I saw him in the garden, and I saw him walking through the garden, and I just saw him picking up the flower and then just smelling this one. Then I saw him walk over here and look at this flower and then just smell this one. And I just walked him. He was just going over and he was looking at that garden. And I, oh, I was like, oh, man, I get it, Lord. I get it. This is what you want me to do in life. You want me to protect this garden, right? You want me to keep this thing pure. You want me to grow the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of it. You want to come in and spend time with me. You want to walk inside of me. You want to be in me. You want to live in me, you know? It just got me so excited. So he's looking down on the tents in Israel. According to their tribes, oh, open your mouth. Here comes the Spirit of the Lord, right? And the breath, the blow, the north wind, the south wind, come blowing, right? The Spirit of God came upon him. 
And so he takes up his parable. Now, Balaam's a little prideful here because he says, this is the word of Balaam. I got news for Balaam. This was not his word. This was the Lord's word. Let's put that in there for you. It's another reason why he was a false prophet, okay? He's taking credit. But he says, Balaam, the son of Beor, has said, and the man whose eyes are upon him said, verse 4, he said, which heard the word of God, which saw the vision of the Almighty, falling into a trance, but having his eyes open, verse 5, how goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel. As the valleys are, they spread forth. As gardens by the river's side, as the trees of light, uh, uh, as the trees of line aloes, which the Lord hath planned. I want you to see yourself as an orchard. I want you to see us as an orchard. I want you to see that stream running through us. I want you to see us connected to that stream. I want you to see what the devil was seeing. I want you to see what the Lord was showing the eyes, opening up the eyes of Balaam, an orchard planted, cedar trees beside the waters. He shall pour the water out of his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agog, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brought him forth out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn or an oxen, really. He shall eat up the nations, his enemies, and shall break their bones and pierce them through with his arrows. He couched, he lay down as a lion, and as a great lion, who shall stir him up? Man, what's on the inside of you? Man, remember what what Paul was saying? You know, if God is for me, who can be against me? I mean, when you ask the Lord to set up an encounter, when you begin to meditate on his word, when you develop that garden that's on the inside of you, just by your walk, okay, imagine what happens when you open your mouth. Okay, imagine the love and the peace that comes and the confidence that comes with it, okay? All of a sudden, there's this boldness that just comes. You're just not afraid. You're just, you you step into the light. That's what I call it. You just step into the light. There's a place every time I've gone out to evangelize when intimidation tries to come. I just, I'll just take a step forward. I'll just step into the light. I'll just step into this area with the Holy Spirit and just stand there with Jesus, right? This garden coming out, these streams of life coming out of me, right? It just, it's like a bubble. It's like an aura that just comes out all around you. And the enemy doesn't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit begins to work with you. And you begin to hear things. You begin to speak things. You begin to see things. I mean, this is, this is the daily walk of a Christian's life. This is your daily walk. And this is the supernatural led by the Spirit. Man, it's powerful, like a lion. Who's going to stir him up? Blessed is he that blessed thee, and cursed is he that curses you. Oh, man. The blessing following you. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to shift gears. I want to ask a question here. What kind of fruit of your, are you producing in your walk in life? And I just want to just let that just sit there for a second and let you think about that. What kind of fruit are you producing in life? Okay. I called it the love formula. Um, I sat down with the Holy Spirit, so he instructed me to take out a piece of paper, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 8 o'clock, all the way straight through to 8 o'clock, and he had me just put a line next to everything, and he told me to write down everything I did, right? (laughs) And so you can just imagine how much time I was spending with the Lord, okay? Not much. So we got a little problem here, don't we, in my walk with the Lord, right? And uh, Pastor Justin was praying, and he said it. 
Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do the things that I say, right? If you do the things that I say, I'll tell you what you're like. You know, you get into that love formula, I call it, where you begin to change your priorities. You begin to adjust your schedule. So you write it in pencil, okay, so you can erase. (laughs) And so I started erasing everything down and started putting, oh, yeah, I need to spend time here in prayer. Oh, yeah, I need to spend time here in the Word. And so what I found as I started to do that, my walk with the Lord increased. My love walk increased. It just did. And so I'm just going to read these scriptures to you. In James chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, he's talking and he says, Does a fountain send forth the same place, sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine or figs? You know, so can no fountain both yield salt and fresh water. Choices, decisions, right? Choices you make, decisions you make. What are you going to speak? What are you going to put on the inside of you, right? Because Jesus says in in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, you either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else you're going to make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. The tree is known by his fruit, okay? Hey, now Pastor Justin was getting into it, and I was getting excited here when he was praying about this, about the man on the rock. Hey, a good tree cannot, this is Jesus talking, cannot bring forth bad fruit. Oh, that got my attention. Oh, that got my attention. See, because when I go into the prisons, they know what sin is. I mean, it just amazes me every time I go in there. They know what they did was wrong. They know what the sin is. They know there's a God. They know he needed to fill the void in their life, but they keep coming back in and they're trying to figure out why. And, you know, and, and man, you know, you tell them a verse like that, hey, you know, you get connected to Jesus, you get born again, you get that fruit of the Spirit in you, you start to develop it, and you start to grow in it, you start to walk in it, right? You will not produce bad fruit. You will not sin. It just, their eyes just open up. Teach me how to live. That's what they're asking. Show me how to live. They know what sin is. Man, it's a condition of the heart, isn't it? But don't that get you excited? A good tree is not going to produce bad fruit. Hey, that got my attention. That really did. It really did. And you've heard Pastor Justin talk about the name of Jesus. What are we focused on? What are you looking at, right? Hey, I'm looking at the answer. When I go out now, I ain't looking at the man's problem. I'm not looking at his problem. I'm not looking at the instrument that's causing his problem. I'm looking at the man's heart. I know what the solution is. I know what the answer is. I'm going to tell him Jesus. I'm going to tell him a good tree can't produce, you know, bad fruit. It's not going to happen. It's what you put on the inside of you. That's what's going to happen, right? Matthew 7. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Pastor Justin said it. He said it in his prayer, and that was part of what I was going to say tonight about good soil, about your job and your responsibility being good soil. Matthew chapter 7, verse 19. Matthew chapter 7, verse 19. And I'll just start from there. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is what? Cut down. It's cast into the fire. Verse 20. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Now look at verse 21. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now I want to sit there and I want to explain that verse. Now Judas never called Jesus Messiah. He always called him teacher, teacher, and rabbi, rabbi, okay? And now look at what Jesus is saying here. There's people here that are going to call him teacher, teacher, but they're not going to call him master, master, or or rabbi, rabbi. I mean, they're not going to call him Messiah, Messiah. They're not going to have that intimate relationship with him, right? Now we're talking about the nine gifts of the Spirit, and we're talking about the nine fruit of the Spirit. Because these guys go on. He says in verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. 
Have we not prophesied in your name and in your name cast out devils and in your name done many wonderful works? I want you to think of Judas. He went out with the other disciples. He went out. He cast out devils, right? He was doing works of the Lord, right? But he never made him his his Messiah. He never got in that intimate relationship with him. And with that alabaster box that was broken, when Mary put that stuff on his feet, that's where the offense came into his heart. And he allowed offense to get in with Jesus, and he never forgave Jesus after that incident. And you can see it in his heart. And we know he was a thief, right? And so what does Jesus say here in verse 23? He says, I will profess unto you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. It is very important as men and women of God that we focus on the nine fruit of the Spirit. The nine gifts of the Spirit are going to come. They're going to happen. I expect, I'm expecting marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. But we need to be focusing on love. We need to be focusing on our relationship with the Lord, right? Because the Lord is going to use an instrument to get his. Hey, Balaam was using the covenant name of the Lord, and he was a false prophet. And we found out later that he got run through with a sword when Israel went into the land to occupy it because he was a false prophet, right? I'm telling you, get intimate with the Lord in the name of Jesus, okay? You let the Holy Spirit decide when and where he wants to use the nine gifts. You let that, you let him decide. You don't have to go out there thinking you've got to do some kind of gift of the Spirit. It will happen. He'll bring it out. He'll bring it forth. Just like me with that guy who was a thief. He just said, I want you to use the example of a thief. So I said, all right, if you've got a problem stealing, you start giving and, the, and stop being covetous and start giving, and the Lord will open things up and start supplying all your needs. And his eyes got real How did you know what that was? Another time, I'm walking into prison. This guy looks at me and laughs at me and walks away. And so I roll out. I just say, you know, anyone who's got an anger problem, come right now. Come over to me right now, and we'll tell you how to live. The guy stopped, turned around, and looked at me. Come running over. How did you know I had an anger problem? I said, I didn't. It was the Holy Spirit. He just gives words of knowledge. Jesus is just sitting there on that well, right? He's just talking to the lady. And there's the Holy Spirit comes up, brings it on the inside. Hey, you've had five, you know, five dudes, man, right? And the guy you're living with now, ain't, he's, not your, he's not your husband, right? And she's like, she's like, yeah, you can see the 80s and 70s coming out. Whoa, man, that's pretty cool, Jesus. It's like, how'd you know that? And it's like, it's the Lord that's on the inside of me doing the work, right? Because Jesus goes on to say, whoever hears my word and these sayings of mine, and he does them. And then, of course, Pastor Justin prayed that today. We'll, we'll show you what he's like, man. Every, you got two Christians standing here. That's who the Lord's talking about, two men and women of God. They're standing there, right? One's doing what the Lord says, the other one ain't. It's as simple as that. Same storms of life, same temptations, right? Everything coming. But this person over here is doing what the Lord says to do. This person over here isn't. They both love the Lord. They're calling them teacher. They're calling them rabbi. But one's got an intimate relationship. One understands what's going on, right? And so they don't fall. Oh, man, do you know how... Oh, man, I was so stuck in sin. Do you know what it's like to not have to focus on sin anymore? Do you know what it's like not to have to be sin conscious anymore, right? Do you know what it's like now to be a good tree and producing good fruit? I can focus on Jesus. I can walk with the Holy Spirit, and I don't have to sin anymore. Ah, powerful. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. I'm going to give you a lot of words, but I want you to see how soil is so effective in here and how your heart is so effective. Mark chapter 7, verse 14. Mark chapter 7, verse 14. As you're going there, <clears throat> you remember we, we always read Proverbs chapter 4 where it talks about the heart and the garden and tending to the word of God, you know, and protecting your heart because out of it flow the issues of life, right? So here's Jesus talking in Matthew chapter 7, and I'll pick it up at verse 14. 
And he calls all the people unto him, and he says unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There's nothing from without a man that enters into him can defile him. It's the things that come out of him. Those are the things that are going to defile him. So if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Of course, they're talking about washing hands. They're talking about eating the wrong kind of food, right? And they're thinking they're sinning and it's defiling them, right? So Jesus is going on. And so he enters into the house from the people. His disciples ask him concerning this parable. In verse 18, he says unto them, Are you without understanding also? Perceive this. Understand this, okay? Whatever enters into the man, it can't defile him. And then he uses food as an example in verse 19. It enters not into his heart. That's a key word right there, his heart. Your heart is a soil, right? So you're walking with God. You've got to cultivate that soil. You've got to protect your heart, right? You've got to protect it, right? It goes into the belly and gives a pretty nasty illustration here, right? It goes into the draught. And so he says, hey, it's purging all meat. They're talking about how they can eat different meats. And I start laughing every time I read this, you know. It's like he's talking about the heart, guys. Focus on that. And he says, in verse 20, he says, that that comes out of the man, that's what's going to defile him. So think of your heart as a garden, right? What are you putting into it, right? For within, out of the heart of man will proceed evil thoughts, okay? That's what's going to make the instrument, the evil thought, okay? I hear this all the time in prison. Is marijuana, you know, is it a sin to smoke marijuana? And every time I tell that's an instrument, guys. It's just an instrument for the devil. It's just an instrument for him to use because all his buddies are behind it. It's not used in the kingdom of heaven, right? And so there it is. It's the evil thoughts that proceed. God made all the plants. Why would someone want to take a plant and and twist it and use it for something that it wasn't designed to do, right? But that's what an evil thought will do, right? Adulteries, fornications, murders, right? Thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, evil eyes, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Verse 23, all these evil things That's what comes from within. That's what's going to defile a man. So it didn't take my lightning fast mind to figure out, I need to stop focusing on that stuff. I need to start focusing on the Lord. I need to start focusing on his word. Man, it changed my life. Man, it changed my life. Um, Luke 13, 6 to 9. Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9. I really like this parable. Jesus is talking. There's a fruit tree there. And um, this guess this guy owns this fruit tree. He goes up to the fruit tree, and there's no fruit on it. And he comes back again the next year, and there's no fruit on it. And he comes back again the next year, and there's no fruit on it, right? So, so what do you think this owner is going to say? What's the matter with this tree? It's no good, right? It's wasting the ground. Get rid of it, right? But... A word is spoken in here that just really captivates me. I spent hours meditating on this when I first read this. Just spent hours being intimate with the Lord about the soil of my heart. Okay. In verse 8, he answers him and he says, Lord, leave it alone this year. I'll I'll dig around it. I'm going to dig around it, okay? I'm going to fertilize this thing. I'm going to dung this tree up. In verse 9, if it bears fruit, well. And if not, then after thou shalt cut it down. You know, and uh, in the book of Matthew, in the 13th chapter, Jesus is given a parable, and he's talking about this field, right? He's got this garden. He's got this field, and he puts all these good plants in it, right? But he uses a key word in here. He says, while men sleep, the enemy came in while they slept and put tares in the ground, right? And so now it starts to produce, it starts to bud, 
starts to pull forward, right? And all of a sudden, the workers are sitting out there, and they're like, hey, wait a second. Lord, I thought you put good seed out there, right? Where, where's all this hell coming from? Where's all these weeds coming from, right? Why, why is all this hell on the earth, right? And very quickly, Jesus says the response was fast. An enemy has done this, right? Yeah. He's coming, and he's, he's sown tares in the heart, right? Well, what do you think the accuser wants to do? He wants to bring judgment now. What do you think all the angels are thinking? Well, let's pull it up. Well, if there's a God, he wouldn't cause an airplane to crash. Well, if there was a God, he wouldn't let this happen. Well, if there was a God, he wouldn't let that happen. Read the scriptures, right? Jesus has plainly given us about fruit trees and what his whole purpose is. He's patient. He's long-suffering, right? Okay, so he says this. He says, no, wait, wait a minute, guys, wait a minute. We're going to let them both grow together, okay? I appoint a time. I want to come back. Okay, when it's harvest time, I'm going to come back. Okay, that, judge with that. That's when I'll pull up the roots. Okay, that's when I'll separate the wheat from the chaff. Okay, I, I started crying. I just started bawling. Because if the Lord would have done what those angels would have done, if he would have done judgment right then and there on me, I'd, I'd be in hell right now, right? But no, he was long-suffering. He was patient with me, right? And so... Jesus saw that I wasn't producing any fruit, right? So he says no. He stood in the gap, right? He died on the cross for me, right? He didn't look at my inabilities. He knew I had potential, right? That soil has potential. He saw me as a tree that could produce fruit. He saw me as someone that had potential. My life was in shatters, man. And I was, just, I was going to hell fast, and I knew it, right? And, uh, but, man, I read that. And then I read that other scriptures, those scriptures in Matthew 13, and I just started crying. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. I will never go out and judge a man again. I will never go out and judge and condemn a man again. I'm going to go out, and I'm going to use love, Lord. I'm going to find the root to the fruit in the name of Jesus. I'm going to find the root, Lord. You show me the root that's going on in that person's life in the name of Jesus so they can learn how to walk with the Lord. You show me the root so that I can put my finger on it and so that I can pull that thing out for you, Jesus, and so that you can come in and so that you can get that person saved. Right, and you could get good fruit out of that person. That's what I started when I started going out and evangelizing. Right, it changed everything. I mean, it just changed everything. Oh man! So I was like, "Thank you, Lord, for producing fruit in me." Oh, amen. Oh, glory to God! Isn't that wonderful? I mean, the newness of life. Oh man. Mm, all right, Lord. I don't have to live in the fallen state of Adam anymore. I don't have to stay in that state anymore. I can live in this thing called the newness of life. I can live in this thing called Zoe life, right? And you tell somebody that. Oh, man. You tell them you can live in life? Oh, man. You can walk it. And then they see it in your life, like what Pastor Nett was saying last, last week. They can see it in your They want it. They want it. I'm, mm. Romans 8. And Romans 8, I'll just read this for you. Romans 8, verse 12 to 14. Romans 8. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I try to think of jokes to give you guys, but I just, I never had any good jokes, you know? It's just like, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Verse 13, for if we live after the flesh, we're going to die. So I don't, I'm not going to live in that fallen state anymore. But if you, through the Spirit, learn how to mortify the deeds of the body, the deeds of the flesh. I thought about that. You'll live. I can mortify the deeds of my body. I, I, could, I can do this. 
Whoa. And it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. So let's jump on over to Galatians chapter 5. Oh, I lo- oh, man. You get excited when you read this. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to look at verse 16. I'll pick up right there. Uh, well, verse 14, Paul saying, says, This is the law. This is the law fulfilled in one word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? And you come down here to verse 16. He says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Ooh, I got risen with Christ right there, right? Right? Oh, man. And I got pressures written next to that by the word lust. It's like, oh, you mean, Lord, there's a way I don't have to, I don't have to be controlled by this? You mean there's a way that I can live? Yeah. Oh, man. It says here, the flesh lusts against the spirit in verse 17, and the spirit against the flesh, right? They're contrary one to another, so that you can't do the things that you would. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to have to make a choice, right? There's choices that I got to make in my walk, okay? Oh, I get it, Lord. I'm going to do what the Spirit's telling my spirit to do. I'm not going to do what the flesh tells me to do. So in verse 18, if you be led of the Spirit, oh, you're not under the law. You're not falling like Adam. You're not under the curse anymore. Man, you know the, what kind of news that is to a guy who's stuck on sin or a girl who's stuck on sin? And you tell them you don't have to live under sin anymore? You tell them you don't have to live in the fallen state of Adam anymore? You tell them that there's a way you can live called being in the spirit of life, the Zoe life in Christ Jesus? You can walk in this thing called the blessing? You can have the blessing every day instead of the curse? Now when you go out in life, instead of bad things happening, you can stand there, Proverbs 22.3, right? A wise man sees evil and then gets out of the way. But the simple guy who don't know any better, he just stands there and gets punished, right? He just lets the devil take advantage of him. It's like, oh, man. And then verse 19, he says, we know the works of the flesh that are manifest. Man, I read these things off, and every one of these guys in the prison know them. They know every one of these things, right? But then I come down here to uh, verse 22, and I say this. The fruit of the Spirit, though, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I don't have time to go into them all right now, the fruits of the Spirit, but inside of you is the fruit of the Spirit. Inside of you is the character of God. Inside of you is the nature of God. We know this because in Ephesians chapter 2, he says that Christ has made me alive. He's quickened me, right? So I don't have that nature. I had it, but I don't have that nature anymore on the inside of me, right? And you start telling somebody that, in your walk in life, you start showing them that in your walk in life. You know, situations come up and you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you just, let's just pray to the Lord for a second. And you just pray. Thank God Pastor Justin is telling us to pray. Oh man, the things you can do praying. Hmm. This word meekness, okay? I, I really was, was really focusing on this word meekness. Turning the other cheek, okay? Meekness, turning the other cheek. Oh, get a hold of this, you're going to love it. The meek inherit the earth, right? Okay, Lord, turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek, being meek, having an attitude, right? Having the attitude to be correctable by the Holy Spirit. Okay, Lord, I can do that. I'm starting to get a full picture of this now in my walk in life. I'm starting to get this, Lord. I'm not going to respond back now the next time someone says something derogatory to me or says something mean to me. I'm not going to do what I did the last time. That's right, Holy Spirit. I'm not going to do that. Holy Spirit, how do I respond to that situation from now on? I'll tell you. That's what he says. I'll tell you. 
be meek, turn your cheek. Oh, okay, I get it, okay. So you go out there and you're walking and like, well, look at what Pastor Annette's example last, uh, last week, right? That guy's screaming and yelling at her. She's still just walking in the love of the Lord, still just being herself. Look how she's responded to the situation, right? So I started picking up on that. Yeah, okay, meek, meek, yeah. Turn your cheek, be humble, listen to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I get it, Lord, okay. Meek, turn the other cheek, right? okay. Changed my whole life. Lord, give me the words to say. Lord, show me how to respond to this situation. So I would start praying this before I would go to work. I would start praying this before I went out, right? Holy Spirit, you said in your word, joy comes from the response of a man's mouth. You know, all over the Proverbs, you're talking about the response of a man. How a person responds is going to be the results of what he's going to get. So start teaching me how to walk in the blessing. Start teaching me how to speak the blessing in every situation. Teach me how to hold my tongue. Teach me how to bridle my tongue, like you said in the book of James. Teach me how to use the fruit of the Spirit to respond. Teach me how to use the force of faith. Teach me how to use the force of meekness. Teach me how to use the force of love. Teach me how to use all these forces in the name of Jesus. Oh, man, it changes things. So when I was in England, we got invited to go over to the, one of the commander's houses. And so she's got us all there. And, and as my wife and I go into the, to the room with all the other guys, um, this lady comes up and introduces herself to me. Well, it's a husband of one of the guys that I work with. And she says, oh, I'm, you know, Joseph so-and-so. And she says, yeah, I know, you're the guy that has no vices. And I said, what? She goes, you're the guy that can't be riled. You're the guy that everybody does stuff at work, but they, they just can't throw you off. They can't get you off into sin. And do you know the excitement I got out of that? <laughs> to be known in my workplace as the guy that doesn't respond in anger, the guy that doesn't respond to sin. I, I came back. I was so excited. I said, thank you, Lord. I just started thanking the Lord. Pastor Justin, when he was praying it, about how we're, in, we're going to be seen in the community. We're going to be seen in the community. The Lord's going to see you. He's going to see you in the community. And um, you can develop your walk in life with the Lord by just three simple things, and it's meditating on the Word of God. It's making a decision in life to be meek. I'm just going to make that decision to be meek. I'm just going to be instructable by, by the Holy Spirit in my walk with life. And I read that in 1 John where he's talking about in those back chapters there, where he's talking about you don't need anyone to teach you anymore because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And I, oh, I get it. Lord, forgive me. I'll be meek. Holy Spirit, start talking to me right now. Lord, I just thank you for talking to everyone in here right now. As we go out into our workplaces, we go into our families in the name of Jesus. We hear your voice, Holy Spirit. Show us now how to respond to situations. Be quick, Father. Be quick. Because you said you would. You'd bring your word up into our hearts in the name of us. You'd bring the words up on the inside of us, what to say. You would show us things to come. Lord, show us what's causing that person to react that way. Lord, show us the right word to say to that individual. Show us the right thing, thing to say in our family situations. Lord, we forgive in the name of Jesus. Because if they knew Christ like we knew Christ, they wouldn't be doing it. Let those streams, let those rivers of life come out of us. That garden that's on the inside of us, Lord. Let that life and that light be seen in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to the Lord. And then praying in the Holy Spirit. There's a reason why the Lord's been putting this on Pastor Justin's heart for us to do this. He wants us to go to a new level. We're going to a new level. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to a level. As I was praying the Holy Ghost, I said, Lord, what do you want me to say to everybody here? And he said, I want them to know they're an orchard. 
I want them to know how I see them. I see them as instruments. I see, oh, eternal, timeless orchards. I see their families. I see their children. I see their children's children being blessed, right? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to the Lord. So the Holy Spirit asked me to do this. He said, this is what I did, so I'll just share it with you. Why not, right? That's what the Holy Spirit showed me. I took my hands, and I always like to take my hands, and I always pretend like I put my heart in it. And so I'll take my heart, and I'll just put it on my hands like this, and I'll just say, Lord, you know my heart. You know, David's praying in Psalms 19, and he says, you know, presumptuous sins, you know, things that aren't making me meek, things that are keeping me being prideful. He said, you show them to me, Lord. Show me what I'm doing in life that's prideful. Show me what I'm doing in life that's, that's being a blessing blocker. And so I began to start doing that. And so I would examine myself. And then I'd sit down and I'd take communion with the Lord. And I would examine myself. And then I'd remember what Jesus did on the cross. And I would remember my, my heart is a soil, right? And I'd start looking at it. And I'd say, Lord, you planted in me the fruit of the Spirit. And I'd say, Lord, you, you died so I could live, right? You made me. You created me in your image in the name of Jesus. When I got born again, that old Joseph died. He don't exist anymore, right? So now you've, put in, you've made me a new creature. So the new things are inside of me now. So, Lord, I just thank you for showing me my heart. Just show it to me in the name of Jesus. Reveal it to me. I'll change, Jesus. I'll change it right now in the name of Jesus. I mean, hallelujah. If I'm risen with Jesus, then I need to set my affections on the things with Jesus, right? If I'm seated with you, Jesus, then I need to make my heart a a treasure. I need to make it an open garden for you. I need to let you blow, come blow on my heart, Jesus. Let it, let, just let it show abroad in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I just thank you for everyone here. I know you're setting up encounters. I know everyone in here is going to have wonderful testimonies. I know, Lord, we're going into a new level in the name of Jesus. I know our hearts, oh, man, Lord, our hearts are a garden for you, just like in the Song of Songs, Lord. We're a garden locked up in the name of Jesus. We're instruments for you. We're precious soil to you. And you put on the inside of us, Jesus, you're the vine, but we're your branches. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for revealing yourself to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for opening your hearts in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Justin. Thank you, Pastor Annette.